0: Uh, welcome home. Uh, some, I have probably got away from this for a little while. Uh, yesterday was a good reminder for me because we all had on our orange or many of us had on our orange or our yellow Voice of Praise t-shirts. And the orange ones have uh, arrow buttons pointing up and down. And when we made those shirts, I, I was reminded yesterday that the concept behind it is sometimes we're up and sometimes we're down. But we're a family of believers doing life together. And we all have our ups and downs, our in and outs, and we have uh, our struggles in life. But hey, we're here together and uh, we're glad that you're a part of it. And welcome home. Welcome home. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I want to share with you, uh, before we read some scripture this morning, I want to share with you a, a story that was actually uh, shared just uh, in a brief moment. Uh, during one of our camp meeting sessions a few weeks ago. And, uh, it's the Cholatica Bridge that's in, uh, Honduras. And this bridge was, the original structure was built in 1937. And, uh, in, uh, 1937, this enormous bridge was constructed by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And it was served to be the connector in the Pan American Highway system connecting Guatemala, uh, to Panama. It was modeled after the, the famous Golden Gate Bridge. And if you've ever been to San Francisco, you can, you get a little hint of that when you look at the, this picture of the original bridge. Now this bridge, uh, served well for a lot of years and, uh, and it's, uh, it existed as such until 1996. In 1996, the need arose as the go, as the countries around grew that they expanded the bridge. In 1996, uh, there was another, some people call it the new bridge, but it was actually called the Sunrise Bridge, and it was an expansion that would accommodate the travel of all of the people tra- traveling the Pan American Highway. October of 98, the very same year that the bridge was completed, uh, there was, uh, it was an enormous weather year. You see, the bridge was built uh, as an engineering marvel. It was considered that the Rising Sun Bridge, in its 484 meters that span the, the, the Cholotika River, that it was said that it would withstand anything. Japanese engineering uh, helped design the second portion, by the way. And it said that, that in the design of this bridge, it could withstand anything that would come upon it. Even the, the most fierce storm that could be imagined. Any, nothing, nothing could harm this bridge. So in October of 98, that, that epic weather year, uh, Hurricane Mitch came, uh, up through the, uh, the Atlantic region, as we would call it. The Hurricane Mitch was a Cat 5 storm. It's the second deadliest storm ever to have hit the Atlantic region, and it came with a vengeance. After pounding its way across land, ferocious winds, and up to, over four days, up to 75 inches of rain fell, Mitch left as fast as it came. And the new bridge had been put to its ultimate test just within a few months of its completion. When the storm cleared and people began to look out and air, airplanes, surveillance planes began to fly over to their discovery, they found that this rising sun, the new bridge, had remained intact. Everything was still there. The connection existed, but there was a problem. Because on either side of this bridge, and you can see in this picture, that there, there was the, the highway ramped up to the bridge and the other end was almost an identical access. But after the storm, the bridge was left just sitting alone. The roads had completely been destroyed. There was, there was no access on nor off of the bridge. But that's not all of the story because when you, when you read this story, and you can Google it by the way, there's actually all kinds of, uh, of of information It's used as metaphors in business all the time. But but it had become now, it had come, become the bridge to nowhere because there was that no access to get on nor to get off. But the, the big problem is, is the route of the river had changed through the course of the storm. In other words, the river no longer found its pathway or its flow underneath the bridge. So the bridge was actually there with no purpose to serve and nowhere to go. That's pretty amazing to me. Uh, that, that sparks to me uh, some thoughts. Now, the, the government, has the government begin to, uh, to address this situation... Uh, there existed in their mind three ultimatums. The first one was to attempt to redirect the river's flow and get the river going back under the bridge. Well, that's a makes sense, I guess. Except you run into a lot of environmental problems and o- other issues. the the next The next thought was, okay, we can abandon the new bridge. And we can celebrate its brief use of just a few months. And we can just leave it forever there as sort of a uh, a, a reminder of the hurricane. And, and it can be known as the bridge to nowhere. And then a third ultimatum was to build a new bridge that would connect to the former bridge. And it would create a slightly different path. But the new bridge would of course span the river. And, uh, and access people to both sides. So needless to say, in 2002, a new bridge was constructed. The new bridge was constructed to accommodate the flow of the river. Did you hear what I said? The new bridge was constructed to accommodate... The flow of the river. I want you, if you have your scriptures with you this morning, if you have your phone, your Bible, I want you to turn. We're going to read several different passages. I'll be as quick, read as quick as I can. But we're going to start in Isaiah 41, then we're going to go to 43, and then if you've got uh, opportunity and an extra finger, put it in Ezekiel 47. In Isaiah forty forty one, 41, we find the scripture given to, given to uh, Judah. The poor and the needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valley. Can I back up and read 18 one more time? I will make rivers flow on barren heights, hilltops, mountains, I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs flow within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and parched ground into springs. Now join me in Isaiah chapter 43. Just a few pages over. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. He who drew out the the uh, chariots and the horses, the army uh, and reinforcements together... And they lay there, never to rise again. Extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. God reminds His people of who He is. And then in verse 18 again, He says, Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness... And streams in the wasteland. Now turn to Ezekiel 47. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. Swarms of living creatures... We'll live wherever the river flows. There will be large number of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. I want to preach to you for the next few minutes about everything grows where the river flows. That's actually a line out of a song that People, people in song, Charity Gale did a number of years ago and recorded. But, but that thought has just resonated in my mind for more than a week. That everything grows where the river flows. And when we think about the river, the river is, a river is a living body of water. You know, I don't, uh, I don't fish much anymore. I used to years ago. I used to love to go every Friday night. I would go fishing somewhere, uh, for a number of years. And I fished in lakes, I fished in ponds, uh and I fished in the river, and I fished in creeks and uh you know, I I, I liked it all, but, but I, I never was really I never did really care so much about pond fishing. You know, because pond fishing, most of the time the water is is, is like stagnant and you got all that green slime and and, and and all the stuff that we think of when we think of ponds because typically a pond in many, many ways is, is dead water. It's dead water because typically there's not a flow. Yes, there may be some intake. In some cases, there will be an overflow, of course, if a, if a pond has been built correctly. But, but the reality of it is a pond is dead water. I think about the Dead Sea in Israel. When I, you, know, you think about there, there's water that's just laying there. It's dead. It's dormant. There's nothing that lives in that. But a river is, is alive. A river is flowing water. In fact, the Bible tells us that that out of our bellies or out of our innermost beings, there shall rivers of living water flow from within us. So a river is alive; life comes out of the river. A friend of mine posted on his Facebook page yesterday that he was down on he was over on New River fishing, had a little old Zebco thirty three reel, and he landed a twenty seven. Pound mud cat, Larry. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But but the, the river is alive and, and and it's growing and the river is also moving. Now around here, the most familiar river to many of us is probably the New River, one of the oldest rivers in the world. Uh, according to archaeologists and and scientists the new river is, is is it flows from south to north it's very unique in its in its existence itself the new river is it, it's not navigable as far as large ships or anything like that but the new river is very famous for its fishing it, it, and people come and they they fish the new river but i used to work with a guy that was a uh, he worked in search and recovery and he was actually a diver and he told me he said He said, you know, out of all the rivers in the southeast, he said, the new river is one of the most dangerous rivers that exist. I said, really? I said, Roger? Why, Why do you think that? He said, because, let me tell you, he said, the new river is constantly changing its channel, not the TV channel. It's constantly changing its its path. He said, you can go to one place that you may have been in waist-deep water a week ago. It can come a rainstorm. And he said, you can go back the next week. And he said, there will be a hole that may be 10 or 12 or 15 feet deep. He said, that's why so many people get in trouble on New River. He said, that's why so many people find themselves drowned and consumed by the New River is because it is so constantly changing. He said even from one week, sometimes from one day to the next, its course is rerouting and it's changing. You see, rivers are carved out by the current. As the current flows through the river, the, the river is being carved out. I used to, uh, some of us, uh, guys from a church years ago used to go to Santee Cooper catfishing. Any of y'all interested in doing that sometime in the fall or spring? Let me know. I'll be in on it. But when you go to Santee Cooper down in near Orangeburg, South Carolina, you fi- when you go down and you fish Santee, it's full of. It was flooded during the war, and it's full of houses. You can still sometimes see a chimney or a peak of a roof sticking up through the waters uh, of the lake. And but but. The experienced fishermen, they know where the channel is at and they will follow the channel and and the channel is what they will fish. They will follow that pathway and there's so much of the lake you say, land, let's go over there. And they said, no, we can't go over there because we've got to follow the way the river is flowing because underneath all of that lake still lies the river. It's flowing through that spot and it's, and that spot is carved out by the flow of the river. Stay with me for just a moment. You see, storms will dramatically change the course of any river. You and I go through different things in life. Life is constantly changing. In fact, when you search out the true meaning of death, you find out that death simply means ceasing to change. As long as we're alive, we are changing. As long as anything is alive, it is constantly and consistently Changing. Uh, somebody gave me some old pictures of this congregation just the other day. And it's amazing what some of you all looked like 20 years ago. You are changing. You are constantly and consistently changing. Sometimes episodes of life, episodes in life cause us to change. In particular, storms will cause the channel The river channel to change. Storms many times in our life will cause the flow of the river in our life to change. There are also other factors that come into play. And I actually couldn't, I don't have time to offer you a concise list today. But just be reminded that the river is constantly changing. When we read the scripture from Isaiah, Isaiah actually cautioned or the Lord cautioned through his prophet uh, against dwelling or living in the past. Now, I did a little research a number of years ago. I struggled when I turned 50. I thought 50 was the worst thing in the world because I thought 50 meant, meant I'm only 20 years from being 70 years old. And that certainly is true. But now that I'm halfway there, I really don't think about it anymore. I think about 80 now. But the fact of the matter is, as I begin to look at 50 years, 50 years, half 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 of a century I begin to think about 50 years and I begin to look on what changes and think about the changes in my life at 50 years and I discovered in some 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 research that so it is said that psychologically when we when we get to that 50 year old around about that area our thought processing begins to change and we be, be, our, our biggest emotion our biggest the biggest factor the the, the determining factor of our thought process is sentimentality. We we begin to get sentimental. We begin to we begin to think about all of the days of our youth. We begin to think about everything as it was and everything that that's occurred and all those good stories and all those good tales and 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 all those even Tall tales that we sometimes would tell. Yeah, because we begin to think about our Listen, if you don't think it works, I want you to drive over to one of the car lots when you get out of church this afternoon. Drive by a car lot. You'll see Ford makes the new Mustangs look like the old Mustangs. Chevrolet makes the new Camaros look a little bit like the old Camaros. They're making the new trucks look a little bit like the old trucks. You know why? Because sentimentality will cause people to buy those expensive cars because it looked like the one that they used to cruise up and down uh, Mercer Street in Princeton when they were a young person. You see, we, we think about our past. We 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 tend to dwell in it. The older we get, and listen, the young people don't check out on me because this is good for you as well. Yeah, but but I, in Isaiah we find that he he says you can't live in the past. I, he's We're cautioned about dwelling in the past. In fact, the words of the prophet go on to say, "Forget the former things." Now. Understand, we, we all have memories, and for the most part, I guess we do. But we all have memories. And and, and the old adage, forgive and forget, that's an impossibility. We can't forget our past. And that's not, that's not in, in essence, what is being said here. But what is being said here is we've got to move on past our past. We've got to move on past what has happened. Now, there's some wonderful things that's happened in your life. There's wonderful things that's happened in my life. There's wonderful things that has happened in the church. There's wonderful things that have happened right here at Voice of Praise in the past. And we celebrate all those things. And we're thankful for all of those things. But the reality is, the river has changed channels. The river's changed channels in Bluewell. The river has changed its course in Mercer County. The river has changed its course in West Virginia, and the river has changed its course in Virginia. In fact, the river has changed its course worldwide. Most of us in this room, I hear you say it. You all say it to me very often. I said it to a few people just the last few days. I phrased it this way. I said the whole world has gone crazy. The river has changed its course. The, the river is not flowing exactly like it used to. And if we're not really careful, we can be just like that bridge, the rising sun bridge. We can be sitting alone in the middle of a deserted place with without a way to get on or out of a way to get off. And the river is over on the other side of where we're at and we're not even serving a purpose any longer. You and I can find ourselves in that place not only as a church, but you and I can find ourselves in that place as believers. We can suffer such disconnect. We can suffer su- where we're, we're no longer even become relative to what is going on around us. But I want to tell you something. Despite what you may think, hey, I love the old song, I love the new songs, I love the old songs. But but, but despite what you may think, I'm here for more than a purpose, just to go to heaven. I'm here for more than the purpose of just, Lord, I'm um, building me a cabin in glory land. I'm here for more than the purpose that I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. I'm in the glory land way. I am here to be a difference maker and a changer in the world and in the community that I live in. And we are here to be a church in this community that we live in. And I thank God that we are making impact. I thank God that we are helping to change lives. And I thank God that He has allowed us to be here. But I want to remind us today... That everything grows where the river flows. You see, we've got we've got to be in tune with where the river's going. Now, you know, but Pastor, we talked about this Wednesday night, I think, Sarah and I in our message Wednesday night. Uh, Yeah, but Pastor, the Bible says, Come ye out from among the world, be a separate people. But listen to me. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. But there is never way, no way that we're ever going to escape this world until they call. Craven Shires to come pick you up or until the rapture of the church takes place. We are going to be in this world and we are called to this world. We're called to be salt and light in this world. We're called to reach the lost in this world. We're called to evangelize this community. We're called to minister to the hurting. God has called us to be right where the river is flowing. Even if the river has changed its course. You see... In fact, when we, when we think about what Isaiah is saying, he's saying in chapter 41, he says, forget the former things. The former things were good in their season, but now the river has changed. Andy Stanley once said, when your memories exceed your dreams, the end is near. When your memories exceed your dreams, the end is near. It's good to think about all of the wonderful things. I, I love tell, I, I love telling stories of my past. I love thinking about the past. I love, I love all of those things and they're all well and good. And, and it's great to think back about them sometime. But the reality is we can't live in those things. We can't live in the, you know, in, in, in those dispensations. They're gone. They're history. They're over. All we have is right now. And the river may not be flowing now where it was 20 years ago. The river may not be flowing. And I'm not talking talking about the river of God and God is unchanging. Of course, I know that. God is the same. He's he's, he's unchanging. He's never going to change. But I understand the circumstances around us. Listen, we don't do church like uh, the generation before us did church. We don't do church like uh, the the founders of our nation did church. We don't do church uh, quite like other people in the world do church. But what we do is we serve... we do, church, We sh- what we should be serving the Lord first and foremost, but we should be doing ministry according to the way the river is flowing around us in our community. So we begin to, to look at the river. Which way is the river flowing? What direction has it changed? And God, make us sensitive to the flow of the river. God, make us sensitive that, that, that we have not lost reality of, of where we're at. God calls us, calls us to pay attention. I know Larry fishes some, and a few of you other fish a little bit. But let me tell you, if the river, what Larry, I have found good fishing holes over the years. But you go back a time later, and that fishing hole's not there anymore. And it would be foolish to me, because, listen, I don't like fishing, I like catching, okay? There's a difference. I don't like going fishing, I like going catching. And and if the fishing hole that I fished at three or four or five or ten years ago, if it's done filled up with sand and and there's no... I'm wasting my time to go and think I'm going to catch something because the river has changed its course. I've got to find where the fish are at. I've got to go to the place that's going to be productive for me. I've got to go to that place because everything grows where the river flows. You see, what God is calling us to be, when our memories exceed our dreams, Andy Stanley said the end is near. In other words, we're going to die on the vine, so to speak. But when I read the plan that God has for us, and i got to hurry up here, when I read the plan that God has for us, I find that God's calling us to be artesian wells of the Spirit. You know, my nephew's a well driller by occupation, and he's like the fourth or fifth generation well driller. And and I've been out with him over the years, a number of years ago especially. I went to him, they drilled a well that ended up being an artesian well. And man, they didn't even have a pump on that well, but the water is just bubbling up out of the ground. Uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gallons per minute. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe it. But we are called to be artesian wells of the spirit. In fact, if you go back to Isaiah forty-three and nineteen, he says that we are we are water. There is water. We are wells of water. We are rivers of water that springing up, springing up. Can I share this with you? An artesian stream that flows into the wilderness and the wasteland is described to us in the world, in the word. And it's the places, the wilderness and the wasteland are the places that have been counted lost. Nobody wants to buy a desert. Nobody wants to buy a wasteland. Nobody in their right mind, for the most part. Nobody, why why would anybody want that? But when the artesian wells begin to open up in the wasteland, then there is a flow of the river that will occur out of the well. Are you with me? Are you with me? Because when we begin, when we begin to allow the, the the spirit, the Holy Spirit, to bubble up inside of us, and like artesian wells to flow out of us, guess what? We can create new rivers, not the new river. But we can create new rivers. We can create new flows. And out of us, we can see wasteland and barren places. The places nobody wants. The places that are looked upon as being worthless. Places, if you would, equate that to people. If we will let a river bubble up out of us and we will allow a river to flow into the places, into the neighborhoods that nobody wants to go to, into the families that nobody wants to bother with, into the people that everybody else has rejected. If we will allow the rivers to begin to flow out of us, then we will find that there in the wasteland that things will begin to blossom and bloom and God. Wheels that the river flow would flow out of us as his people. In fact, John, in, John chapter seven verse thirty-eight, reading the King James wordy, the scripture says, "He that believeth on me, as scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water." A key statement there. A key word there is believing according to his word. You know, I'm not a Joel Osteen fan. By any means, I mean, he's okay. I don't criticize the work that he does. I just don't follow his ministry. But he, he uses that little adage that I, I don't really know it by heart, but he says, this is my Bible. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. Listen to me. When we really get to the word of God in our heart, when, when we really understand that I'm not, I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what everybody tells me I am, but I am what God has said I am. I will be what God says I am and I will do what God says I will do. And God says, out of my innermost belly shall flow rivers of living waters and our teeth well, I can create a flow in the river that is going to change the tr- the, 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 the complexion of the community that I live in. I've, I, I've, there's a flow that comes out of me and I'm going to change the direction of the community that I live in, my neighborhood, my workplace, wherever I'm at. God, let there be a flow that comes out of me that is going to be a life-giving flow and let me be sensitive to the flow of the river and let me follow it. Because everything grows goes where the river flows. You see, because what Jesus was speaking about, if you read John chapter 7 verse 39, what Jesus is talking about is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's when the Holy Spirit comes. You see, when the, when the Holy Spirit comes, we're, we're not left here, church, is a dead and hopeless entity. We're not, we're not left here alone. We're not left here without any empowerment. But we, and, and we as Pentecostals should know more you know, than anybody. We should know that Scripture and we should be able to take that Scripture and apply it to our hearts that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be witnesses. And in a world where the change of the flow is happening all around us, in a world where the river is flowing a totally different direction than it was 20 years ago, we can still be sensitive to the flow of the river, but we can still, we can still create new rivers. Out of our being, out of our innermost being shall flow rivers of living water and we can touch hearts and we can change lives and we won't exist as some bridge to nowhere because everything grows where the river flows. So the river brings life. Going back to Ezekiel and what Ezekiel had to say to us, Ezekiel said... Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flo- because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. And then the psalmist, in the very first psalm, penned, "Blessed is the man." who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. That man, that woman, the psalmist declares, he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaves also shall not wither, and whatever that man, that woman, that person, whatever that person does, shall prosper. You see, life exists wherever the river flows. If you don't believe me, take a drive. Drive, drive... Go down 460. Go on down, uh, go on down next to the river. Go on down to Giles County and drive up and down some of those river roads and see what's going on. You don't see any desert places. You don't see any wasteland. You see a lot of campers and you see some playgrounds and, and you'll see, uh, fields full of corn or maybe hay that has been mowed and rolled up. You'll see, you'll see all kinds, but you won't see any deserts next to the river because we're the River flows is where everything grows. And if we're rivers of living water... If we truly are rivers of living water and and, and we, we've established that because of the word of God, then let me tell you what's going to happen in your life and my life. And let me tell you what's going to happen in the life of Voice of Praise Worship Center. Let me tell you what's going to happen in the life of the church in general. As we grow, as the river flows, as the river grows, as the river flows, and the river may take some different turns, it may take some different courses, there may be some new things that occur in the church that you... Look, can can I, can I, you think I'd get you in trouble if I tell a story about the Pulaski Church building? I think that's an approval. (laughs) Most of you know in this room that, that, that Sarah's work church, as we call it, her work church burned down about, I don't know, six, seven years ago now, something like that, five years ago. That church burned to the ground. That church was very sentimental for a lot of people, including us. We were married in that church. Her mom was buried at that, you know, funeral at that church. There was many people. That church had been a, a fixture in that community for so long in Pulaski. But it burned to the ground. It was completely destroyed. And, and, and they had to build a brand new facility. It wasn't a choice. It's one thing to build a church when you want to, but it's another thing to build a church because you have to. And they built this. They built this building, and and it's a beautiful building. We've we've got to be in uh, one or two services down there, and and it's a beautiful building. It's a very nice complex, one of the premier complexes of this end of the state of Virginia. But but let me tell you, when the building was going up, the building doesn't have a steeple on it. It doesn't. It doesn't have a really sharp peak roof. And somebody made a phone call and wanted to know why they were building a building like that because they said it didn't. It doesn't even look like a church what does the church look like you see that's that's a that's a mental picture that we have in our mind you know what does the church well that don't even look like a church it looks more like an office building than it does a church You see, because sometimes we, we develop mental pictures in our mind and, 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 and we, we begin to, in our mind, we begin to shape and plan and focus everything. If you want to know what Jesus looks like, I can tell you how you know what Jesus looks like. Ask the person next to you. Because they already have a mental picture of what he looks like. If you want to know what the church, what a, a church is supposed to look like, ask the person next to you because they already have their mental picture of what a church should look like. For some, it's stained glass and a steeple. For others, it's a modern-looking building. And so for some, it's a storefront. But the reality of it is, every single one of us have our mind in our mind. We have our mindset of how the river should flow. But you know what? Out of all the years, again, going back to my my fishing experience, which I I, I never was a good catcher. Okay. I never, I never did do well with it, John. I just, I used to go over Austin'sville all the time, you know, for years. I went to over at Buck Dam. You know where I'm talking about. And if you can't catch a fish over there, you can't catch a fish anywhere. So I, I wasn't too good. But I, but I do know this. I do know this. Nobody ever asked me the direction that I thought the river should flow. God never asked me that. God never sought my approval any changes that occurred in the current to New River. And I don't mean to sound harsh this morning, but God is not seeking your approval nor my approval in determining which direction the river is going to flow. Amen. Amen. If he ever asks my advice, I'll give it to him. Because I know, you know, I'm pretty smart. I know, I know the bishop's back there. He he can ask a bishop, bishop, tell him what he wants to do, if he wants to, you know. But you know what? That ain't gonna happen. You see, God is, God has got a plan and He's got a will and He's carrying it forth. And as he carries forth his will and his plan, it's not subject to my approval or your approval. But what I'm subject to is to his will and his plan and his purpose. And whatever direction, God takes the river. If he wants to close one deep hole off, if he wants to seal it off with a sandbar and open another one up a half a mile down the road, that's his decision. If he, if, he want, if he wants to reroute it and take it out from under that, that that multi-million dollar fancy bridge and put it over on the other side that's God's business. All He's called me to do is to follow His will. And to follow His will. And to follow His purpose. And all He's called me to do secondly is that I make sure that there's a river that flows out of me. Because the river that flows out of me Saturate the desert places and the dry lands. Yesterday, Sarah and I were driving along, uh, going uh, between Whitfield and Bluefield, and there's 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 a company out of Statesville, North Carolina now. It's called Bottomley Farms. They have farm. They they they're consuming all the farmland, and you know that's, that's that's what they do. And they they raise crops, and they got they have these big fields of cabbage. Great big fields full of cabbage. Cabbage and pumpkins and peas and broccoli. They, they raised it all. And this, this big cabbage field, I think cabbage is pretty because it's sort of blue looking. The field almost looks blue. But you know what they had? It's been dry in some places. But they, they had a hose that ran right down to the creek. And they had this big one. And it was going all the way across that field. And it was irrigating that field. You and I, if we let the river flow not just into us but if it's truly a river it's not going to flow in and stay there because then we become a pond but what flows into us is going to flow out of us and we can be life changers we can be world changers we can be blue well changers we can be montcalm changers we can be brush fork changers We can be Glenwood changers. Wherever we're at, we can be changers if we'll just get a hold of the river and follow its flow. So could we be like this bridge to nowhere? Could we be like that bridge? Existing, but not really serving a purpose? I think if we're not real careful, we can be. We can become so satisfied in our ways and our doings and what we've always done and the way we've always, we, the way we've always functioned. If we're not real careful, we can find ourselves being just like that bridge, really serving no purpose at all. Just existing. The river's moving. It's alive. Everything grows where the river flows. Everything grows where the river flows value by far the most important need that can exist in this room this morning is somebody needing to establish a personal relationship with Jesus Christ a personal relationship as in salvation and I'm not here to embarrass anybody and I refuse to embarrass anybody but I would like to know, so I could pray for you and with you. If you're in this room this morning and you need to be saved, or if you if you're backslidden on God and you you've wandered, you've been prodigal, you've wandered far away, and you need to come back home this morning, I want to ask you to do this for me right now, without any embarrassment. Would you just lift your hand up and say, "Pray for me, Pastor"? Anybody in this room? I consider by the lack of response that everybody in this room is ready to meet Jesus. If you're watching live stream and you're not ready to meet Jesus, you can know Him. Just call on Him. In faith, ask Him to forgive you for your sins and accept Him into your heart. Paul said if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, Christ Jesus, we shall be saved. It's that simple. But let us know our streaming audience if you made a decision for Jesus.